Coming to you from the land down under, this is the Inbound Outbound Podcast. Your number one source for actionable sales and marketing interviews for small to medium-sized businesses. If you're a business owner or salesperson in need of a good laugh and some great information, this is the podcast for you. And now your host, James Wright. Hello, you lovely lots, and welcome to the very first episode of Inbound Outbound, a sales and marketing podcast for the business owner who's looking to grow their revenue in 2023. For today's episode, we have a guest, someone who I have worked with across numerous digital marketing projects projects with tremendous success, including taking a business from $2.5 million in gross revenue to $10 million in 12 months. Amazing, right? A good personal friend of mine and the master of the digital dark arts, general manager of Design Digital, Anthony Rasper. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. How James. you been? Yeah, really good. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Not the normal place where we'd catch up. No, this is uh, a little bit different today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark room, some funny lights, and we'll go from there. <laughs> right But no, thank you so much for taking your time and coming on. Um, how, tell for those, Obviously, I know you really, really well. Really good personal friend. For those of us that don't know you, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Look, I think my background is probably a bit varied. I started off doing my programming degree in 1993. I went to Fremantle TAFE, as it was back in the day, to learn um, associated uh, computer science, associated degree in computer science. And then I hated hated programming. So (laughs) I was DJing, you know, just going out nightclubbing at the time. So luckily I had a job with um, a Toshiba sort of reseller trained me as a technician. And it was really good because at that time I was starting to learn how to pull them together, put them back together. I went down the uh, Microsoft Certified Systems Engineers path. Right. Which is, you know, once you had both, a little – I was so young back then I didn't know. When you had (laughs) both, you were just like fully employable. So then I was off to Unisys West. Yeah. They trained me as a uh, business continuity analyst. Right. So that was where you get to do, you know, disaster recovery for banks and and the like. Yeah. Um, I saw the project managers working there. They were doing the least amount of work for the maximum amount of money. And I said, that's what I want to do. So I followed the, uh, you know, you did, I did Living the dream. All sorts of uh, project management certs. Yeah. Uh, I became vice president of the Project Management Institute of Western Australia. Very cool. And, um, you know, followed up. It's very, very varied, but it's been able to – I've been able to touch sort of the goal, I would say, the gold range of technology in Western Australia or Australia. So, yeah, it's been good. Fair enough. So Design Digital. How did that come about? So uh, I was doing digital strategies for companies and, and still doing websites for friends and family and that kind of thing. And really it came about, right, let's start this thing. It was just at COVID. Yeah. What are we going to do? I remember. You know, yep. all gas and mining had sort of come to an end, well, started to contract. Yeah. So it's okay. Uh, I had other businesses, I had an IT business, uh, and I thought, right, digital marketing and really I thought website design and development was going to be – the bulk of it. Little did I know that really 70% of the revenue is digital marketing and that's where, that's really where the future is. So it's uh, it's been great to sort of pivot and make sure that that is number one for us and my company. Fair enough. Okay. So sales and marketing podcast, right? You know I'm going to ask the question. I know you don't didn't really know what you were in for with this, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know, how do you currently market and sell your business? It's great because there's so many – this is a great question to ask digital marketing companies because, you know, you think they should be swallowing their own medicine. Well, you would think that, but it's it's so – I mean – God knows I've gone through 36 digital marketers myself, right? So, you know, it's it's so, such a congested space and everyone in their 13-year-old little girl is a digital marketing expert nowadays. So how does a digital marketing company get out there and craft a little niche for itself? Here's where we're putting our own money. This is what I'm doing today. So we've tried the whole gamut of outreaches, whether it be email, phone, um, social media marketing, and really, the one that I'm focusing on personally is mm. not paid ads right now because digital marketing space is probably the most crowded space you could get. 
And apparently we're all supposed to know what we're doing. So it's the most highly competitive space. Right. So what I'm doing is keywords and organic SEO. That's my number one focus, grabbing hold of those keywords that I want to yep. make sure that I'm coming up on the first page of Google. Fair enough. Which brings me on to the next thing then. So we've both done it, right? So one of the, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I want to do this podcast and I, w- I really want for others to be able to take some of these insights and be able to just action them immediately. And there's nothing worse than having a business owner come to you with a sub story of, you know, it's not gone to plan six months ago, going to lose my house. Yep. Right. So what are some things that business owners get wrong about digital marketing? I could be here all day with this. Yeah, look, (laughs) I think the quick, some digital marketing companies, and I hear it all the time, is paid ads. Paid ads, paid ads, paid ads, paid ads. Guilty. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's a quick way to get your name to the top of Google. And if you're not doing well enough, hey, they'll just say, hey, you're not spending enough money. Digital marketing is a whole 360 degree of strategies. They shouldn't be just working on one strategy. If you're a new business, then, hey, maybe that strategy is paid advertising. That'd be one of the strategies that we would recommend. If you're brand new, nobody knows about you, you've got to look at your SEOs, your organic SEOs, your technical SEOs. Mm -hmm. Um, And with a whole complete 360 structure, that's what you need to go with. You know, it isn't just one, hey, paid ads. Okay, so you know there's people out there sort of thinking already, I can, I can, I can feel the questions already <laughs> pouring in. The questions are going to be though, right, I am new to business. I don't necessarily know what I'm doing, but how much do I spend in my industry on paid ads? What would be the, an adequate budget? I would say, and this is the minimum that I tell any of my customers, and even I think it's too low, but if you're a new business and you're struggling to pay, I would start at $20 a day. Okay. $20 a day on your demographic. So I've got a choir. They're looking to do the first 1,000-person choir in Perth. Awesome. Their demographic is not Google search. Nobody's looking for a 1,000-person choir in Perth. Their demographic is meta, your Facebook, your Instagram, where you can insert that into somebody's feed and say, hey, this is actually fun to do. I might meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of emotions, it's an emotive response that you want people to have. So that would be the demographic and the market that I'd be suggesting to that customer. Cool. If you were a manufacturer of a product, then – I know somebody. Uh, <laughs> I think we both may, know who you're talking you about. You probably would be uh, on Google. Because people will be searching um, whatever construction or building, you know, building materials, Perth building. Yeah, exactly. And that's where you would come up. You want to be on the first top of the list. Yep. Bang. I'm in. I mean, the way I'm not sure if I've told you this story or not, but I know we caught we met through networking circles. That's how that's how we predominantly met. But what I didn't know is that I took my car to service at um, um, a local uh, mechanic. Just literally the closest one to me, right? Just came up on Google, just went, yeah, cool. Here you go. This, I walked in there, right? There's this one bloke, kid you not, he's got four phones going, hold on a second, da, da, da. I reckon I was there 20 minutes before I got surfaced. His phone was just going off the hook. And it was only when we got talking and I told you about this particular mechanic, you said, oh, I did SEO for that company. And I kid you not, I, when I've used you, it's been a lot of, you know, literally the difference between you being there and not being there has been the phone's ring versus silence. Thank you. you. But it's true. So it brings me to the question though, right, where, and this is, I think it's quite a contentious subject. Where does your digital marketing start and finish? And where do you like your sales teams to kind of pick up and run from? And what feedback on a daily basis do you want from those sales teams? Look, and I'm happy to give away all the secret sauce today. The To answer that specific question, marketing versus sales, I think marketing is, okay, we're trying to deliver that business leads. So we're doing everything, all the tricks in our pockets to bring customers to the store or to that business. Then sales starts when I deliver the business, those leads, 
you've got to be able to convert them. You've got to have somebody there that's solving the customer's problems, not just selling them what they have installed, not just re- regurgitating their sales pitch. They've got to be able to connect emotionally and to convert the customer, well, convert the lead into a customer. Well, yeah, I mean, gone are the days where you just rattle your pitch off and then you have oh. objection overcome, handle, objection handle, objection handle, objection handle, yes or no, burn the customer off, move on to the next one. It's, it's no longer like that. It's more of a case of, you know, I don't – when so when I say we get some leads, right, what I like to do is, first things first, what's the reason for your call, right, and it's find the out – The problem. Yeah, or – for me, being a little selfish, I'm going, do I want to put my energy and time into this particular customer? Because are they, do they actually want what I want? So I don't want to talk to people that don't want my product or service. So you're qualifying the lead. Qualifying it first and foremost. And then it goes into a, sort of a different process. So then it's a case of I like to get face-to-face as quickly as possible. Go, right, you know, when, when would you like to catch up? Today or tomorrow? It's always today or tomorrow. If not, we need more salespeople. <laughs> I love and I love when um, and here's the stuff. So if you're if you've got a salesperson and they're trying to qualify you, you'll get answers. And these are great things like, when are you thinking about doing this? Um, do you have a budget for this? So they'll start to throw that out there, and well, you know but, they're qualified. But budget can you. even be secondary, or even thirdly, because you know not every customer is for today. What three percent of the market is going to buy from you right now? So it could be a customer for two years time. Yeah, and that's fine. Hey, if you need anything or want to ask questions, I'd rather you get it right. Give me a call. Fair enough. So where – you kind of already touched on this, but I, I, I want to hear it. Where are you telling your clients to spend their marketing money at the moment? So marketing money, the smart guy does organic SEO. Yeah. Um, that, that takes a long time, right? Combina- organic SEO, depending on your vertical – can take 12 to 24 months longer, 36, at least if it's highly competitive. That's a long time to go with that grocery. That's, a, that's a long, long time to be spending that, you know, thousands of dollars rate, a month yeah. um, and getting minimal return. So that's where you've got to combine it or you say to the customer, I've got an air conditioning business and he's spending $6,000 on just Google ads. Mm-hmm. That is his one medium because from that, it's crazy. It's delivering, you know, 20 leads a week. Uh, and he started off smaller, and he's a brand-new business. And he's like, Anthony, don't believe in that organic SEO stuff. I'm like, that's great. Mm. This is working for you now. But when the market starts to contract, you know, which is looking like it's going to do right now, and you can't afford this $6,000 a month on Google Ads, if you're organically on the first page, that's free money. Okay. Um, this uh, mechanic that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and a plumbing centre. We're on our fourth tranche of keywords. So what I'd usually do is start off with 10 keywords with a customer. Okay, we need to chart that to the first page of Google. Yep. When we tick that off and we said, right, we're there, everybody's happy, let's go wider. Let's you know expand the net and away we go. Fair enough. So what about some of the new things? So uh, you've talked a lot about organic. And there's also organic social media. Now, at the moment, for me personally, I'm seeing TikTok, dare I say it, (laughs) and LinkedIn. Talk about two polar opposites, but they get you the most organic reach just by posting something up. So I think on my LinkedIn at the moment, if I just post something up, I've got, what, 500 contacts, I will get over 500 views on that particular post. Instagram, just checked it up recently for the Instagram, uh, for inbound, outbounds. um, Instagram, Put put a little video up. I don't think anyone's seen it. Nobody yet. No, nobody at all. You need somebody like you should tell me. I, I, could have told, I could have told others, but I was, it was a good test to see where the organic's at. So I guess my question is, are you working in those spaces at the moment or that your client's just not quite ready for those sorts of strategies? Demographic, demographic, demographic. You've got to sell to your audience. So you've got to review your client. You've got to do your competitor analysis. And you need to say, okay, the best social media channel you know, if I'm a 16-year-old or 18-year-old person, I might be on TikTok because I love scrolling endlessly through videos. Hmm. I'm a little bit older, so maybe I am in so the <laughs> Facebook, Instagram market. Yep. Uh, if I'm looking for white-collar workers, 
LinkedIn. Yeah, true. So you can see the differences in the demographics as you go up. And depending on the business, you know your audience to sell to. Okay. So, all right, this segues nice and neatly, right? So I know that you've recently started doing some um, business for children work. Yes. Right? Um, what are you doing there? Are we, are we into TikTok? Oh, <laughs> no. And it's, it's so interesting. So my daughter's just turned 11. Yeah. So, Dad, I want pocket money. I'm like old school. My parents are Italian, broke. They had nothing when they grew up. Um, And it really spoiled me. I think I was at 13. I was flipping burgers at Hungry Jack's. Straight away, as soon as I could earn a dollar, I was. My first wage, and this is how old I am, uh, was $2.89 an hour. And then shortly after that, it went up to $3.15 an hour because of the unions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, unions. So I wanted to say to her, okay, as a parent, I just don't want to give her everything. Um, let's teach her business. So, okay. and I There's love, a lot to learn. I love teaching kids business. So what we had to do is we had to figure out what is your business going to be? How are you going to earn money? So I was talking with another friend and um, all the businesses, and we, we came up with a couple of ideas. Yep. The idea we went with was bin busters. So if you're looking up uh, bin busters on Facebook. Yep. That's Hard us. to find, actually, by the bin way. Busters. Yeah, bin I... Busters, forward slash Facebook.com forward slash Bin Busters WA. Okay. And basically, for $2, we will bring your bin out and we will bring your bin in. So Seven Brigadoon. It's a long but, driveway. Oh, forget about <laughs> it. It's literally our block. That's it. Just our block. And for $2, you know, it's, it's hard to say no. You might be going on holidays. The so Christmas holidays coming up. You yep. might be going away. If you're elderly, you, you know, maybe you have a heavy bin. You know, stinky bin. Stinky bin, and maybe that's the expansion of the idea. Washing bins, dollar, dollar, dollar extra if you have a stinky bin. (laughs) In the short term, we've gone okay. So, what's your pitch, right? So, you need to when you knock on a door, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm a person. I'm able body. I'm going to say no to this kid, even though I love it." So, it's a pitch saying, "Hey, my name's Isla. I'm 11 years old. My dad is teaching me about business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know," and she goes through her pitch. And at the end of it, is this something that you would be interested in? Yes or no? Move objection handle. Answers. Objection handle. Yeah, exactly. Objection. <laughs> so she's got to learn pitch. Poor thing. What kind of objections is she getting? And then, <laughs> and then risk. Risk is the other great one. You know, some people in business don't pay you. So what A is lot your, of people don't pay you. What's your risk? And then, you know, that moves on to credit. How much credit are you allowed, you know, you're willing to give somebody? So we thought two bin runs, so that's $4 per house that we're going to give credit to or take the risk on if they stop playing. Yeah, okay. So these type of concepts are just, for me, fascinating and I'm so passionate about teaching kids. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So then, okay, so obviously you've been teaching your daughter a little bit of sales and marketing and, yeah, I didn't get a phone call to teach your daughter anything actually. But <laughs> um, what, in then your opinion, makes a good salesperson in terms of, and you, you did say this a little bit earlier, but I just want to recap it, in terms of converting – Traffic, because I've seen this before where you run a digital marketing campaign and there are some salespeople out there that literally expect a qualified person ready to talk to, ready to close right the second, and then they get grumpy if they don't have enough of those to talk to. So I just want to cover that a little bit. I think when somebody sells to you, you've got to be in the market. You've got to have that emotional connection. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be warm, you know, if you're a bit of a, dick that's never going to come across Ooh. properly yeah um and you know i think it's just you got to know your product mm-hmm. as well and most of all solve their problems so what do they come to you or what are they in the market for you're not just selling your solution yep. you're solving their problem yeah okay um but if if and then there's the measurement are you if that's, you're i was just leads, a, i'm just about to go KPIs, measurement, yeah. and how often are you seeking that feedback? I mean, I'm giving my digital marketer feedback daily. And you know I do. The second that phone yeah. stops, I do call you and go, hey, what's happened? Have we dropped off? What's going on? Leads um, are down. Leads are down. Um, especially if you've got a twitchy business owner on the other hand, I love it as well. You want to get ahead of these sorts of things and have the answer before it even happens, right? So so how often as a digital person do you want to talk to your sales teams? As little as often? as little as possible or all the time feedback is golden depending on the need of your customer like at an absolute so this is digital marketing 101 
If you've got a digital marketing company, yeah. minimum they should be reporting on that past month at the start of every month. So with all my customers, we do a monthly report at a bare minimum. So we do a monthly report. Um, that's due within the first seven days. So the first seven days of the month, working days, yep. my commitment is I'm going to get you where we were at the start of the month, mm-hmm. what we did during that month, where we finished up at the end of the month. And on that, you know, I'm hoping that it's going to be open book and we're going to have a good conversation yep. or we're going to have the hard open book conversation on whether we did well or not and what is the reason for that. But everything we do should be based on the data. So everything. So take away the sales, the, you know, the next stage, the sales component. Yep. Everything we do with leads and driving digital marketing should be measured, should be reported on. So if you're not getting some of the basics like reporting, mm-hmm. That's an issue with your – that's a red flag to your digital marketing company. And if you're a bit of a painful company, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got some customers on weekly reports depending on what they need and, you know, A, what they need, how much are they paying and – Are you tracking your own click-through rates? I'm always tracking and even mid-month. So Mm -hmm. internally, mid-month, all my customers – so I make the guys do everything for me mid-month. Same report I do at the end of the month, I get mid-month. Because I want to know, hey, is it tracking up, tracking down before it gets to my customer? Yeah. So do I need to put in the extra effort? You know, we should have a strategy. We shouldn't have to. Yeah. But do – something happened. Is this customer – has something gone wrong with this customer? Have they had a bad report on the internet? Is there something immediate that I need to action to make sure that this customer doesn't have a bad month? Okay. So – Again, you didn't really say, you just said it's different for different people, right? So, but as a general rule of thumb though, if, you know, for someone, what I'm trying to do is, you know, there are a lot of bad digital marketers out there. What I want to do, I think you're a good digital, mar- digital marketer personally. And what I want someone to be able to do is be able, maybe through listening to this, be able to ask their digital marketers some questions. And one of these things I think is really, really important is, is I want feedback and how are you getting that feedback? Because also, how is a business owner going to tell whether or not they've got a sales problem or a digital marketing problem, right? So you might be doing your thing, you know, click-through rates going good, traffic numbers are looking great, but then they're not seeing any actual results. Maybe because, you know, they're not tracking their leads properly, the follow-up's rubbish. Um, So digital marketers should be setting up on your pages goal completions. So... Uh, we had a problem with you where we went through Calendly and we were then, once we It was a brilliant idea, that, by the way. That was awesome. Um, initially, we weren't able to track that lead because we weren't able to get to a goal completion page where we could tick it off. Yeah. Then once Calendly came to the, to the picture, yep. we said, right, so after they book a lead, we then go to a thank you page. So we know whoever goes through the sales funnel, great word, I hate that. To the goal completion. (laughs) Yeah. Tick. That's one lead that I've given you. Yeah. Okay. So the digital marketers need to be having, you know, as much analytics on the page and not only that, setting up goal completions. So you can say, hey, um, it doesn't matter how much traffic you've brought to my website. It doesn't matter if it's organic, paid, mobile, desktop. It's about leads, right, because that's what's going to get me money. And I'm all about the leads. How many am I converting? So if I give you as a salesperson 20 leads this week yep. and you're converting two of the 20. Not me. I'm converting one in three. And then management need to have that hard conversation with you. Yeah. Which completely off topic, completely off the list of questions, but it, it does ring a good bell. Anthony, the quality is rubbish. How do you manage that? I mean, how do you, how do you get quality leads to come? And this is something I think you've done very, very well. And because you do, right? You run, like Facebook is known for lots of leads, but trash. Google is more expensive, but the leads are better quality because they're actively searching for your for your product or service. So how do you manage, I guess, A, volume, B, quality into that digital marketing 360 mix that you were talking about earlier? Oh, quality is so hard, isn't it? Um, strategy I had was let's say a company wants to be on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Google. (laughs) So we want to do the gamut of paid ads. So we've got the money. Hey, we're willing to throw it at the wall. So the leads are coming in. 
we need to make sure that they're what we try and do is a bit of a qualification process. So right at the start, demographics. Mm-hmm. Do they set the demographics? Getting excited, I can see. I know. With the, <laughs> uh, once you do the demographics, once you do the uh, call to action, is it going to bring the customers in? Yep. What is your low barrier to entry? So are you a – I've got a, um, an author. So maybe here's a little book, small one that you might be interested in, on business coaching, yeah, okay, um, to get you on the books. So this would be a strategy, say, if you're a business coach. Yeah. Then from there, you know, we get at least we're getting in the the lead, right. and we know that they've put their details in. So, yep. uh, yeah, how okay oh, qualification qualification. Okay, so th- there is a trick to this because yeah. people don't like filling out forms, right? And this we had this literally discussion just earlier. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I personally believe all I really need, name, first name, surname, email, mobile number, I'm, I'll, I'll deal with the rest of it. Some people will put eight or nine contact forms in, uh, eight or nine different you know, subject matters in. You know, they want the company, the address, uh, your partner's name, <laughs> you know, like just possibly, you know, way too much information. Now, how does that affect your campaign? Again, way off track of the script. No, look, and and it's just it's a yin and yang, isn't it? Because the less you ask for, the more chance that you're going to get them to fill out that form. The more you ask for, the more they're qualified, and the value of that lead might increase. We have a um, so a lot of companies we set up, we set up you know the qualification process in a contact form. So hey, what's your name, first name, surname, email address? If they've clicked off Google, they've already searched. They've come through, yes. Yeah. But then they're looking at your page. Yeah. Does your page have what they want? Yes or no? Then they go into the form. Exactly. So at, at that, for me, that comes back to the argument of why do you need eight? Because you're qualifying them. Like, but, I mean, that's not only that. So here's a yeah. smarter way of doing it. So each question that we do for a lot of customers yeah. are weighted. So from one to three. So when they get to a customer, yep. a business, they also come with a score. And that score is a metric on how hot the customer is and how cold the customer is. There you go. I haven't seen no. this. I haven't, this must be new. Yes, yes. There you, go. <laughs> you know, like when are you going to spend? One month, you know, two months' time, yeah. now, next week, ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you want to spend? You know, $1,000, 5000 10000 Yeah. Oh, okay. Ten thousands of three. At the end, here's the score. Okay, so basically, you can have high quality, possibly low lead volume, high volume, low quality. High quality. Fair enough. Apologies for the awkward silence. I was just having a quick read of my notes. We've come that far <laughs> off track, um, but. I really want people to be able to have some actual insights and be able to go away and just go and action something from this conversation, right? So B2B strategy that you're utilizing right now with your customers, go. A B2B strategy. Yeah. And if you can't think of one, I've got one in my back pocket. I think I did write one down. Um, what I love is... And obviously if you're listening to this in a year's time, it probably isn't going to work for you. I like to put and this is terrible, a exit intent pop-up if the customer is leaving the page. So these are those annoying, we thought we were done with pop-ups back in the day. And if you're like me, you might have even have a pop-up blocker. Exit intent is a little bit different. It's where it notices your mouse moving to the X or to the tab and it says, hey. That's freaky. If this customer is moving off the page, show them a pop-up with a special. Mm-hmm. that special will have a low barrier to entry. So that's what, what it is. When you go out, when you go home, think about for your business, what's your low barrier to entry? For mine, I'll give you a free SEO audit. I'll go through your website. I'll go through digital marketing top to bottom for free and give you a document that you can action or you can give to me. So sales terminology, that's a lead magnet is what we call that. Lead magnet, yeah. Uh, or low barrier to entry. And, yeah, okay. uh And then from there, you know, 
that to me, you've got a lead, you've got a potential customer yep. that you may not have necessarily had. Okay. Same again. B to C. That's it. B to C. Oh, we've got an interesting B to C one. Um, off topic though. Off topic. Off topic. This whole thing's been B2C. off topic. I'm trying to get us back on topic. There is a funky digital marketing for B to C right now, which is radio ads. And targeted radio's radio's dead i don't want to say it but radio's dead news is dead dead. (laughs) Uh, i've got a story about that as well um remind me about that political party okay yeah okay uh so b2c radio ads right now what they do is because podcasts are so hot right now like what we're doing here uh it's great content you can chop it all up Splash it across any format you want to. It's only taking you an hour of your time. You might be listening to a podcast. You might be listening to your favourite audio book. Might be watching on YouTube. Any of the above. And then what they do is um, I can geolocate. I'm a furniture store, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a competitor furniture store around the corner. I can geolocate you uh, if you have your app open mm-hmm. you know, or you've been reading or listening to so a book. So creepy. You go into that store, I get a ping on you, Yep. straight away I'm pushing you ads for my store around the corner. Then let's say you hear these ads, you pop into my store, that's a goal conversion. So tick. Okay. And then as a digital marketer, I'm able to say to that company, hey, we sent you 20 people this week, how many of you converted? And you're back to the sales guy question. Yeah, okay. Is it working? Is this digital marketing working or is it not? Well, I mean, they came in store. So how weird is that? You know, now we're That's geo-targeting. That's so creepy. It's like people when they say, hey, I was talking about um, new car tyres, and then all of a sudden my Facebook feed is full of car tyres. Is that is – that, yeah, we, I say that all the time. I mean, some of my conversations, I go, oh, was I really talking about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Googled that. No, fair. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't Google that for that for the record. Instagram, Instagram is really good. If you go to um, the Instagram algorithm, uh, where they just show you something you might like, I think mm. it's the second tab in. That's a really good indication of what you've been looking at. Okay. So, with that geolocation strategy, are you currently using that as a strategy with any of the clients? We have used it in the past. And may use it again. Yes. Uh, it's interesting. You know, what it, was the conversion rate on it, just out of curiosity? Oh, look, it, it's high because radio, the numbers is high. Um, but they were, you know, let's say they were spending two to four grand. So the cost Pretty per low. Conversion. Um, Considering I'm working market. with a business at the moment that spends $70,000 a month on their digital marketing. So on the low end. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they were getting conversions of, say, 20 people a week to their store. That's pretty good. And But their Four grand. margins were quite high. Yeah. Furniture. Yeah. You know, it's now, unbeknownst to me, it's like 10 grand a lounge. Well, I, the one that gets my go with furniture completely, even more further off topic, is when they get it off the curbside and then they... You know, sand redo it, it, you redo it. So where's that shop? There's, there's a shop that does literally does that. Free stock, sell at a high price, off it goes. Great. Wow. Great, great business. Okay, so getting back on topic, Anthony. Yes. So Google. Yes. You're big on Google, and I know you wanted to talk Love about this. Love Google. Okay. So Google search and the algorithms, algorithms change all the time. So quarterly? Oh, look, it used to be yearly yeah. and there was a couple of year and then literally we've had four to five in the past four to five months no word of a lie not going into the whole history of google keeping it fairly recent say the last three years not from alta vista to no 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 no, no. Okay. got that felt back no okay. no we haven't got time well i don't know 33 minutes and yeah we might have time <laughs> um with the length like with th- over three year spectrum how has how have you seen google change google's been really interesting because I think to a certain extent, you were able to almost put in a, a plug-in like Yoast and with a bit of tweaking What is yourself, Yoast for people that don't Yoast know? is an SEO plugin for WordPress. It used to be the number one. I would say now it shares number one position with Rank Math and there are horses for courses. There's no – neither is better than the other in okay. my humble opinion. Yep. Um, for many reasons why. Give me a call if you if you want me to discuss it in depth. But you could get a SEO plugin 
and you could do all the technical SEO that the plugin would show you. So technical SEO means how are you going to get your website ready for the search engine? Right. How you're making your website the most attractive it can be. So when the search engine comes along to scrape it, mm-hmm. it's putting everything in the right places. It categorizes your website correctly. Yep. And therefore you climb in the rankings. Okay. You used to be able to just do that. Not anymore. No. It, there's so <laughs> much competition out there. Um, I think, you know, this week I think we hit 8 billion people on the planet. Too many. There's too much competition. I'm not there. going there with that. That's not, that's not this podcast. <laughs> that's not this podcast. Too, many, too much competition on the planet. Um, yep. There's so many websites out there. So you've got to be doing a lot more. And it's just not easy as it used to be back in the day to rank okay. in Google. And the Google algorithm updates, bring it back to the to the point, Yeah, they're trying to weed out those spammy websites that are just grabbing keywords and, you know, Guilty. AI. Yep. There's AI bots just writing on websites to try and grab those and then they're redirecting traffic to try and get advertising money. So it's, it's getting harder for – because you hear it all the – I'm not – in case you can't tell, a big advocate of necessarily being number one on Google. Do I think you need to be on the first page? Yes. Do I think you need to necessarily be in the top three? No. Depends on your industry. Depends what you're doing. I think you can do a lot better with local local advertising, paid ads, um, and also doing what we're doing here, content creation. Um, just you know, one of the reasons why we are doing this little project is to show that a business owner that you can grow something zero dollars down. Except for you know the cost of the room higher, um, the camera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you can do it without necessarily going to number one. So I can feel business owners sweating, going, "Oh my god, um, how am I going to get to number one?" But I don't think you necessarily need to get there. But it is becoming more competitive because there are a lot of people, as you see in everything at the moment, spamming, 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 doing the wrong thing, and they have to get smarter and smarter and smarter. So what other things are you guys having to do to get? All right, listen up. Here's the secret sauce. All right, I want it. I want Here's the secret, the secret sauce. Build your website, whether it be on a third-party builder. You know, we are only a WordPress house because it's, um, you know, gone are the days of it being hacked or anything like that. If you know what you're doing, it's why it's going to be simple. I've got questions down here. We're yeah. now backwards and forwards on my pages. But – you're obviously not an advocate for like a square place template. Get that up. Let's let's come back to that. Okay. I can't, I'll just we'll do the secret source first. Secret so sauce. we can it's coming. help. I can I can feel like a clip on everything on this secret number one, source. Number one. Yep. You gotta obviously build your website and then do your technio a technical SEO phase. So what's technical a, SEO? A technio a technical SEO is what we mentioned before making it as friendly to the search engines as possible. Okay. So that means as you're going through your website, um, and if you're building it, you will come across these terms. If not, make sure your website builder or your digital marketing companies uh, talk to you about it. It's headings, H1s, H2, H3s. They're the categorization of that page. Your metadata. Metadata is such a broadly used word. I can, feel, I, can, I can feel people like falling asleep already. Oh, <laughs> you've got to put this metadata up. Look, it is. It's a boring topic, so I'll move along pretty quickly. Okay. Alt image, what is that image about? You've got to make it – if you're able to do this stuff, that's step one. Step two is think about your company, what you're selling, what your products. If you were the customer and you will know best, if you're typing into Google, um, digital marketing Perth. Perth. I want to be on the first page. Of course. So, all right, let's go after those terms. So how do we get those terms to chart? You've got to have pages on your website. We just added another eight, nine pages this week to bulk up our organic SEO of, hey, this is our offering, this is our organic SEO, this is our technical SEO, just pages. And then to support it, we'll write blogs about what's technical SEO about, what's organic SEO about. You're getting your keywords, yep. and with those blogs, Google's going to index those blogs and think, hey, people are talking about it, mm. and, the, and you're an authority now. You're a authority on digital marketing, so rank them up. Any articles that you write, mm-hmm. if you're on social media, 
put a call to action and then put your website URL, you know, or the blog URL at the bottom. Don't give away the, the whole cart. The, the goal is always to bring people back to your website to increase the authority of your website. So whatever you're doing, the end goal is always to bring people back to your website. Yep. So Google sees you, hey, people are going from there to there. Oh, that, that post is on now on that blog over there. Yep. And people are talking about you. Rank you up. Another buzzword for you, Anthony. Backlinks. Backlinks. So backlinks. Contentious for you at the moment. Backlinks is exactly <laughs> that. It's exactly that. So I get a blog. Yep. I write a blog. Yep. What I'm going to do is I'm going to post it on appropriate forums, not spammy forums. I'm going to post it on, uh, post it on appropriate forums mm-hmm. that maybe people might even comment about it. So whether that's social media, yep. whether that's Quora is a big one around the traps, you know, these, these different platforms yep. that when Google goes to search those platforms, oh, there's a link for Design Digital there. Rank it back up. Rank it up. Okay. So that's backlinking. Backlinking is from another website back to your website. The buzz at the moment is internal linking. So that's another buzzword. Where new one for me. Google. Yeah. Google loves you now. That's one of the recent updates. Internal linking is a big thing where it's got to have a path within your website as well. So if I'm writing a blog about paid ads, mm-hmm. I'm going to link it to my paid ads page in my website. So there's a path that Google can follow through, and that's internally linking. Now, I can already hear people go, Anthony, all I know is my trade, my product, or my service. I have no idea how to do any of that. Where would I learn? Just come to us. Just come to us. Okay. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> all right. So, and then another one. So, obviously, as you said, Google's kind of um, updating their algorithm necessarily quite a lot at the moment. How does that affect all the good work? Let's say someone's done or you've done or whoever's done. Um, and then how does that affect that? Because it, it can be quite catastrophic. Oh, some companies, um, as you know, will get, they love their keywords. They monitor them daily. Hey, we're on the second page of Google. That's no good. You need to get us back to the first page. And then you rank them to number one. And when they rank to number two, the world's going to end. And unfortunately, you could be there and you could be a champion of your domain. Mm. Look how good I am. I've got you at number one. A Google algorithm change will come through. And, hey, that customer is no longer at number one. So you've then got a, you know, it can be six months worth of work, hard work to get them back to number one. But that's what you've got to do as digital marketing. And this is why I don't like SEO, by the way, because it can all come crumbling down on you very, very quickly. It can. But as long as you have unique and valuable content and information on your page, Google likes you. Okay. Video? Video. Video is a huge new medium at the moment. So video is, you know, with the advent of TikTok, and you can see the changes they've made to Instagram as well. They've changed the whole app to be more TikTok-y. Yeah, uh, it's actually coming. It's coming. Um, To say, hey, video. And uh, if you don't do video now, videos, let's say an average video on Perth will be around the, I don't know, two to four grand. And when It's expensive to do one, yep. This is why we're sort of doing it amateur hour here, yep. When they produce you that video, they will produce it with, you know, 15-second cuts, 30-second cuts, 20-second cuts for different mediums. So depending on which medium you're going for, you can go bang, upload it, away you go. Um, For God's sake, don't host your video on your website. It slows down the website, Mm -hmm. which is a metric for Google. If you have a slow website, you're penalised and you go down the rankings. Again. So, hey, if you want a video on the front page, host it on Vimeo or YouTube and put a little window there. Okay. So then coming back to social media and what we're seeing as the TikTokification, if you like, of social media. Yep. How has that, you've kind of mentioned it just there, how does that affect, obviously, because, you know, blogs were the the thing at the time, you just write a million blogs, not necessarily of great quality, and that obviously ups you go. Now, are you sort of like going, okay, cool, well, we've got, you know, it's hot right now, video, 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 video. Are you now sort of like pivoting and then going, right, we're just going to do a lot of video and then backlink that back to the website and then that will bring up SEO? Words still. Word? Words. Yeah. I think videos, 
again, it's all part of a 360-degree strategy. If you're just doing one thing, you can't expect a big boost. You need to be doing a little bit of everything. So help yourself. Do a little video. Do a bit of organic SEO. Make sure your website is tip-top. You know, it's fast. It's got a lot of technical stuff done. Make sure you're uh, doing a bit of social media marketing. That could just be, hey, I'm an electrician. Look at the job I did today. Take a photo. Um, We're doing this PowerPoints for 90 bucks per PowerPoint. Something like that. A big call to action. Um, Obviously, always put your website URL in there. Mm -hmm. Come back to your website. A little bit of everything is great. Is that the secret? Is that the secret sauce? A little bit of everything, absolutely. So, what are you then looking forward through with your digital marketing at the moment? Where what is your so like your six month projection looking forward? I think hard, obviously. It's it's really interesting. Um, With the advent of TikTok, here's one for you. Um, We saw leads on Facebook and Instagram becoming really. So That's why I keep mentioning TikTok. I don't want anyone to think I've just yeah. got this thing for it, but yeah. And, you know, the demographic, again, is very young, but the just the leads that were people were leaving Facebook or spending time on another social media. So that, that was just, yeah, we were almost going to leave or a lot of customers started to decline their budgets on these medians and increase it elsewhere. In recent months, it's coming back. Because they've adjusted and they've and the TikTokification of social media. Yeah, not only that. Never bet against the Zuck. Uh, and you've got, uh, it's very interesting because TikTok's been getting a bit of a bad rap, and rightly so at the mm. moment. I think it's been banned in a few countries. I tell you uh, what, I've just started using it. The it data is like, for yeah. Is Have you read the terms and conditions of it? You should. I'm one of these guys. <laughs> you should. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, that's the thing. And Another but thing. your data will be shared. That's why those platforms of there are dangerous. I mean, I'm pretty boring. You, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't really, nothing really too interesting to see, but whatever. Close the app when not in use. True. Good advice. But like, they really do like these little hooky things. Like, like, I f- like kids, no wonder why they get sucked into it is because like, to get out of the app, you've got to press it about three times. So what it will do is if you press the back on your phone, it will show you another video and you press it again show you another video and then go tap for exit and you tap and you're finally out. But <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? They it, want you in. It, they do. And that's, that's kind of what, I mean, it's kind of like you, 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 you're trading on awareness and that's where they are at the moment. That's where the eyes are because they've literally made it cocaine for crack addicts. And privacy. So this is all part of, I mean, people may not recognize this. I, I love the whole cybersecurity side of this as well. Being an IT nerd, this little bit of data about you, you know, it, it's every – so one little piece of data is minuscule. But then they go along and they get a little bit more data about you. You know, they might hack into a power provider. You know, we've got Medicare being hacked, Optus. Put all that data together. I can get a whole 360 degree on your entire life. Marketer's dream. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when um, – Facebook was hated because they sold that data to Cambridge Analytica yep. and Cambridge Analytica added a whole heap of other information and sold that. Big money. Big money. Well, Big money. If, you, if you know what someone's going to look at before they even look at it, then that you're, you're there, aren't you? Huge. You're there. There you go. The forwardness. So TikTok, no. TikTok. You're not into it? Oh, look, I think, you know, you see the odd video. Um, I, I know you're – but this is how Facebook started, right? Yes. They had the 16 and 17-year-olds. Old people said, not for me. And then before you know it, grandma's on there. Yeah, true. True story. Yeah, okay. And if you're using it for your business, recognise that it's a um, another median to bring you more customers. So these social media marketing mediums are bringing you, you're mining them for an audience that you didn't have previously and you've got to use it. So when you get your... Obviously, because you're a great business, your digital marketing company is great, so you're getting that end-of-month report. And in that report, typically you'll get a pie chart, and the pie chart will tell you where your customers are coming from to your website, direct, social media, repeat customers. I know this I know this pie chart paid, very well. <laughs> paid. Yeah. And then, you know. Organic. Organic. So do you have the holy trinity of paid, organic, you know, um, 
direct? Or do you have one Just, biased over the other? All right. We're taking, well, again, coming off topic again. Um, you've got a bit of a theory around your holy trinity. Yes. You like to see a third, a third, a third. I do when we come on board. So here's that political story for you. Go. We were brought in. Well, to, segue, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a political party that we helped out. Um, they were old school people, really yeah. old school. They threw tons, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, at print media and radio. They needed to have a certain audience by a certain time. Um, it was a legal requirement from mm-hmm. the AEC um, to say you're a political party or you're not a political party. It was something that came in just before the, the last election, yep. probably to weed out the small parties and to waste everybody's time. Yep. So I think there was like two weeks to go. We have a, you know set up Google Analytics. What's the deal with people coming? What's the user journey? Because the user journey is so important. It was just terrible. Um, okay, well, we need to fix all of that. It was just all direct. Their entire pie chart was direct because people were just coming off radio or newspapers direct to their website. They weren't tapping any other audiences. So me, you know what I like to do? Yep. Okay, we need to tap other markets. So, hey, maybe the oldies, you know, the older medium are typically for the older generation, right? It's it's awful thing to say, but it's probably true to a certain extent. Yeah, we've got different dem- demographics, yeah. So we said, yeah, we need to hit, you know, 18 and above, you know, these younger people who are using these other forums, you know, that not necessarily in the paper-based forum, but they're in the digital forums. So, okay, let's go but across. I think this, just before you go any further, yeah. that is where your personal opinion is not a good business strategy. Correct. So, I mean, just coming full circle almost just quickly, um, you know, we were just saying both of you and I don't like TikTok, but it's a good business strategy to be on it. You've got to have everything, don't you? Exactly right. So just want to make that point. So, yeah, and, and again, on that point, never do anything by emotion. It should All your digital marketing decisions should be done based on the data, based on the data they're providing you. Don't ever got your digital marketing company saying, hey, I think I need to have uh, more mobile traffic, mobile organic traffic. Won't work like that. <laughs> Won't work like that at all. No. So. We've seen that firsthand. What, in, what, what I wanted to do was to carve out other platforms. So we carved out the Holy Trinity Forum. We, we returning customers, um, paid ads, you know, now it's the Holy Quadrant, um, social media marketing. So it was kind of the same percentage because the, all the customers lifted. And I think we added like 30,000 customers in the first month from different audiences that they never had before. Massive. Yeah. What was the spend on that? If you, uh, if you, if you can share. I don't think it was that much. I think they were spending about, I think their paid spend was between 5 to 10K a month. And for a political party, that's peanuts. Yeah, agreed. Right, so website design. Website design, love it. Are you, we say it a lot at the moment, are you SEO or are you conversion? I'm conversion, just put it out there. I'm both camps. Why? For those people out there, SEO is bringing people to the site. Conversion, this is how I look at it. So SEO is kind of that, okay, bringing the people to the website. Conversion is giving them what they want to convert them into a lead. So kind of two different sides. Yin yang, yeah, same I'll, I'll, coin, different I'll sides. I'll preface my argument, okay? okay. So I like, I like conversion. I'm not overly bothered. Like I said, I'm not overly bothered about SEO. I like to be on the first page. Other than that, not bothered. All I want to do is drive as much traffic onto that site as possible, right? Whether I do that through organically social media, potentially, or whether or not we do that through paid ads, different beast. But what I much prefer to do is instead of eight, nine pages of stuff to get SEO ranked, I just want the core of a conversion to maximize the traffic that we're driving to the site. It's an interesting theory. It works. <laughs> it's not always popular, I must admit, but... It's one of many tricks that you have up your sleeve. <laughs> All right, so you don't want to play with me. Fine, I see how it is. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, all right, you want to play. 
Right, common mistakes that amateurs make in regards to their website. Oh, look. So, you know, you're, you're someone, you've had a business idea, you've gone, you know what, we need a website, off I go. What mistakes do I make? For God's sake, employ a graphic designer for the website. Don't make it look amateurish hour because if you do, customer confidence is not going to be there and why would they buy off you? So if you're going to try and do a website yourself, I, I high five that you're going to learn the skills to do that yourself. And I've seen some great ones. You know, we've all done websites and they've been from, you've got to, you've got to do your own, I think. You know, it's a coming of age type thing. Awesome. Um, but if you're going to do this for real, um, and maybe phase B is a quote-unquote real or graphically designed website, if you're just saying, hey, I don't have the money, I just need to get off the ground, I get it. Okay. I well, get it. I'm sure she'll know who she is by when I do this, right? I'm talking to a lady at the moment and she's, you know, like she's – and a lot of business owners have gone through this particular phase where they've had someone employed doing the role, said they're – They've told them because our salespeople are really good at telling people that we're brilliant at what we do. And then basically as found out, not very good. Left with a, <clears throat> left with a website. Looks all right. But no, I, I can just look at it and know it's not going to be great for SEO. I know it's not going to convert. What do you do? Do you, you know. She's paid for this. She's paid a professional. Employed a supposed professional. Yeah, and this is a common mistake lots of people make, right? I've heard this before when I've walked into roles. You know, I've been burnt by six other salespeople, um, you know, and this will, this will be another podcast, you know, where, you know, they'll start throwing it. And you can see the desperation because they've starting to run out of money. They're starting to go, well, I'm going to pay you this, but with a high commission. And if you're good enough, you're worth it sort of thing. And I know this happens in digital marketing spaces as well. But, A, how do you avoid making hiring the imposter in the first place, which is a completely different topic of conversation. It's a risk question, isn't it? So we're talking about how to mitigate your risk. So a couple of things we do, um, and maybe you guys should look out for out there. When you are looking around, right, you're going to base it off price. That's normal, natural. Go to their website. They should have a portfolio section. What do their portfolio look like? You know, let's see some of their work. Ask them to produce some of their work. You've got right, to see if you're it. trying to employ someone. If you then make your decision, okay, just pay them a little retainer or pay the first, you know, bit of the fee and say, okay, let's do a mock-up of what we think my website should look like. Mm-hmm. So a mock-up um, used to be a PDF. where Now we do them in Adobe XD where you can see it online and you can fail fast and fix fix fast, where, okay, here's what we think. We give our customers a website questionnaire and we try and tease out what they want from a website. What does success look like for them? Then based on that, we For me, this is where digital marketers don't do a very good job of consultating with their client, where you, you do this as well. You just send out this questionnaire. I'm the business owner. I know what I want. I don't think it works that way. You don't think because you're... no, I don't. I I actually disagree. And again, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I'm disagreeing okay. with you. <laughs> what, we're always looking to update. What, what, so what, what, look, my, my, my I much prefer sort of like using some 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 consultative sales practices where just because someone and we experienced this together not so long ago, where someone's telling us one thing, but what they really wanted was something else, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, someone can think they know what they want, right? But then you ask them, but what is this website actually going to do for you? Oh, it's going to give me customers. It's going to make my phone ring. A landing page and some Facebook adverts will do that for you. This needs to make your brand look professional. It's about brand. Yeah. So depending on what the website So are we okay, – it's yeah. another, another focus of conversation then. So Because then you know you're talking, are we doing a branding exercise or are we doing and a sales marketing exercise? Don't separate the website. So it's quite separate. You should absolutely consider it. But when we're, when we're designing a website – it's about that creativity. It's about the brand of the company. What is the purpose of the website as well? That should absolutely be a pillar of the design. So what is it for? Is it meant to do e-commerce? Is it meant to do marketing? Mm-hmm. What are we doing with it? But the digital marketing side, you know, even if you have a, a, an existing website, I should be able to make use and give you some good digital marketing. So just because you're getting a new website – 
websites is about getting the creativity right first time. I'm more about separating the two. When I build a website, I like the creativity. What's it for? Um, yep, it'll have to drive traffic. Um, what's your brand? What is your what are you trying to sell people? What is what's your call to action? All those warm fuzzy stuff. All I want a beautiful stuff. I hate. Yeah, I want a beautiful website. Then okay, what digital marketing? Are we going to do it associate? And then we go on that journey. Okay, so you're doing it for the first time yourself, and you haven't employed someone, but you are doing it yourself. Where are you going? What are you looking at? How are you going to do it? Look, it's very easy, and I, yeah. I've, I've nearly made this mistake myself. Is and I, I actually had your voice in my head going, "Don't do it, James. Professionally code it." <laughs> Professionally code it. Look, and I think this is our segue into those builders. Um, the builders have a place and a time. Yep. Uh, if you're doing it yourself, some builders are doing. You've got your Wix. You've got those other brands out there. Yep. Um, I think they teach Wix now in high school. Do they? I'm pretty sure. That's so, you know, if you're taught that in high school, you're going to carry that through. Absolutely, yeah. As well. Um, WordPress is something like we were a WordPress house um, and everybody, it's like religion, everybody will give you an argument for or against sure. a particular platform. Um, I was in a music store the other day and the musician behind the counter was telling me that we should go for a Shopify site and one I, I recommending a Shopify site to the owner of that music store. I feel like that's the wrong advice already. And Shopify is great for e-commerce. It is fantastic. It's, it's great if you're going to go to Alibaba, order 8,000 samples, um, do a little marketing around that, find the one product out of the 8,000 that has actually taken off on the social media website and then you want to create a really quick e-commerce site for that. Fine. But again, these are the pros and cons, like politics and religions. Somebody's really passionate about that. And I think you've got to, you know, I'm trying to be agnostic here. We've settled on WordPress, and I'll give you the reasons why. Um, just to finish off the Spotify, Shopify example, yep. Shopify said to the bloke, you know, if you're just selling bits and pieces, you know, that's actually not a bad example. I know a lot of digital marketing companies making good coin out of Shopify and it's cheap for them. Like they put up a template. Absolutely, of it's course. It's cheap. And then you know what? I'm going to put upload 10,000 products that you're not going to be able to manage yourself. And hey, I actually know we actually, I'll tell you about a customer, another customer, where somebody put up a Shopify shop for this customer, charged them $10,000 for this website. And then they couldn't manage them themselves. So they knew that they wouldn't be able to manage it themselves. So hey, who wants a monthly retainer? The website company. I hate that. Now, this music company, the example was okay, but they had Because they were a traditional retail and they were trying to move Bricks and mortar store. Yeah. Um, but they hadn't thought about, okay, what about porting it to zero, right? Because I want it to, every time I make a transaction, I want to auto-reconcile. What about my point of sale? I want to integrate my point of sale system as well. And I want to integrate my point of sale with my accounting system as well. So the website, the accounting system, um, you know, and the so point of sale accounting and the website had to integrate with each other. As you need it to, because that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of work if you're adding it into your accounting. As a digital <laughs> line strategy, line. now I've reduced the entire bookkeeper in that company. And he's, you know, removed 40 grand's worth of costs from his business Brilliant. by doing that. Sorry, bookkeeper. So this is why <laughs> the accountant gets more work, but the bookkeeper gets less. Um, and this is why you've got to make those decisions being informed. Yep. So that's that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yes, builders, horses for courses. Fair enough. There we go. I think that's just over an hour. We could carry on for another. Yes. But- I think that's a wonderful segue into a part two. <laughs> Anthony, how do people find you if they want to, if they, if they want to and choose to? Uh, Design Digital with D-E-Z-I-G-N Digital. On all socials? On all socials, same sort of thing. We're forward slash Design Digital on pretty much all of our socials. We're lucky to get that, um, you know, and that's part of, hey, when you get a, fire up a business, make sure you've got the domain. There's actually... Sorry, I'm keeping on talking here. That's all right. There's a website called Namecheck, N-A-M-E-C-K, I think, dot com. And basically, 
you put in your business name and it'll check all the socials as well for Brilliant. you to make sure they're free. So I wish I'd done that for Inbound and Outbound because we don't have uh, Inbound and Outbound for YouTube. Oh, Send them my name. Go. There you go. So, yes, <laughs> Design Digital uh, and uh, I think uh, I think we have a 1300 number and or just hello at designdigital.com. Excellent. Anthony, thank you so much for being on the first guest on the show. Thank you. Michael, take it away for us. Thanks for listening to the Inbound Outbound podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share with a friend and leave a rating and a review. We'll see you next time on the Inbound Outbound podcast.